0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about life changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. This morning we are preaching. We have got um, we finished our series in Philippians two weeks ago, and this we're just doing a mini-series at some of the things that the gospel does for us. Last week, we realized, we preached that the gospel allows us and leads us to be vulnerable with our weakness. We found out that Jesus is not ashamed of our weakness; That he actually hates religious response that's not done out of faith. And actually, in the end, that what you stretch, he will bless. That's the God that we learned about last week. This week, I want to preach about that the gospel leads us to our faith, even when we are uncertain. That the gospel will motivate us to have faith when, the, when we're not too sure what the future holds. So let's turn to the book of Hebrews and let's pray together. Father, I pray this morning, would you fashion inside of us a different response system. Put us a deep understanding of your culture of grace and faith. Remind us of who we are and whose we are, God. I pray would your words, do your work in us. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Amen. The sermon this morning is so deep inside of me that I've shared many of the stories before, but I just feel at the end of the year, there's a deep moment for us as the community to, to fashion the side of who we are. Years ago, if you did not know, I was born in Zimbabwe, the great land up north. Zimbabwe, uh, the land of the free, the land of the brave, the land of the bond notes, and the land of the currency that has been exploded. That country. And uh, we were part of an amazing church there. Similar sort of stories, but, but a community that uh, we met in a school hall just like this. And uh, we had a whole bunch of people, and it was seen in the 80s and 90s, it was like the only thing in Zimbabwe that was growing, because the country was shrinking back in every sphere of, of influence and value. But this this church community was just growing, and growing, and growing. God was adding. And after years in this uh, school facility, we had this American pastor who, who started to call us to give to this building fund. See, so we're going to give, and, and we seemed like for years we just gave money year on and year out. And we didn't really know, we didn't see much evidence of what we were sowing into. Until years later, in the early 2000s, we were invited to an empty plot of land on the Boreal Road, east to the Boreal Racecourse, which was an empty play. And uh, this, this, we had this service there, our chairs are open here, and at uh, the height of the service, in the road, the pastor, the American pastor with a hard hat, and a massive, uh, digger. One of those diggers that just dig the earth. My friend will be able to help us with the terminology. But uh, one of those massive four wheelers, um, and with, with crane and tow, and uh, and, and he, he was driving us in and then his wife was there, so I said, can you see it? Can you see the building behind us? And we are all like, no. We're like, it's we're say but the building, he started to describe the building, this side of the building was gonna be that, we're gonna have a hospital in here, and we're going to have this massive amphitheatre, we're gonna build this building, and we're like, zip! No, oh, look at the economy, you're mad! And, uh, and do, said, as they are doing it, he dug the first foundation, ceremonially, his wife, who was very theatrical, ran up and down with the microphone, yelling he's a crazy man, he's a crazy man! Because he was crazy, because in Zimbabwe, nobody was doing building projects. Nobody was investing in buying land, especially land on the Boreal Racecourse, across from the Racecourse, which was a flag. This was crazy talk. What are you doing in Zimbabwe? The economy is going, people are heading for Perth, packing for Perth. And those who are staying are just trying to survive the next week, because will there be bread next week? Will there be petrol? And he says, we're going to build a building. It's going to be a life for the nation. we're so like, crazy, crazy talk. And that's the crazy thing that happened. And can I tell you today, that there's a building there, 4,000 seater. It's packed most Sundays. The gospel's being preached and can not tell you, that that church has been a huge, huge impact in that nation. I still think the greatest days were still here. But it's this incredible thing that was nothing, became something. And I want to say this, that in, in Hebrews 11, we read, and we're going to read some scripture now. But I want to remind us as a people, and maybe it's, if it's just for me even, as a preacher, as a pastor here, in Milton, in Cape Town, South Africa now, I want to remind us that God never commended anyone to being reasonable. He never said, well done, reasonable person. We're called to crazy man faith. We're called to a crazy story that makes no sense at faith value. That makes no sense. Why would you give up time? Why would you give up money? Why would you serve people? Why would you do that on a Sunday? Why would you give of your emotions or energy? Why? It's crazy to the world. But that's what we've been called to. So let's read in Hebrews 11 verse 1 to 3. We're going to read just some, a quick scripture and we're going to leap back into the Old Testament. But this is what it says. It says this. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Everything, by faith we understand that everything we see was formed out of nothing. Nothing. The God we serve did not need, I've said many times, did not need a DIY kit to get started. He did not need a fill-in-the-blanks. He did not need a network to help. He didn't even need Google. God forbid. He did not even need Google to build this thing. He needed nothing. No resources. No partnership. He just needed His Word. He spoke it, and things became. And that's an amazing understanding that by faith we understand that I say it this morning that if you're sitting here and you're looking at the year 2017 or you're looking at December or maybe even looking at this next week till payday and you're freaking out. I want to tell you if you say I've got nothing to give my kids. If you're here and you say I've got nothing to give my spouse anymore. If you're here and you're saying I've got nothing ahead of me in my future. Nothing is perfect conditions for God to work. Jesus won. He made everything out of Nothing. All you do is give me your nothing. Watch what He'll do. Can I tell you, God is more concerned with what's in front of you than what's behind you. Let me say it again. God is more concerned with what's in front of you than what's behind you. Religion will remind you what you what your past is about. The enemy will keep reminding you that's what you once were. But God says, I'm actually more concerned with what's ahead of you. Because I paid for what's behind you. Done it all. I'm not inviting you into a future. can I tell you, religion keeps us looking over our shoulder. But this is who we are. I want to remind us and put this deep in us as a people. Sir, man, please can you believe this? That we are faith-filled, big-thinking, bet the farm risk-takers. We will not insult God with small thinking or safe living. Can I say it again? Are you ready? Can, I? can I ask you for something? Thank you. Good. We are faith-filled... Big thinking, bet the farm risk takers. We will not insult God with small living or safe thinking. That is who I am. That's who I am. The DNA. Why? Because I follow a pioneer who that is who he was. He did not hold something back. God gave everything. His only son. So I'm not hedging something for another day. No, I'm going all in on this thing called humanity. And watch what I'll do. I'll take the nothing and I'll make something beautiful. That's who God has called us to be. R.T. Kendall said, what is faith? Believing God. Simple as that. Believing what he says to be true as truth. And holding on. Saying that is what faith is. So we're going to look at one more scripture. Hebrews 11 verse 8. We're going to read it together. This Hebrews, if you want to go read chapter 11. It's like a Twitter version of the Bible. It's a two-liner. They take all these massive stories that there's not before. And they give us a two-liner update. Just two lines. So if you want to. It's like cramming for finals. If you don't have time to read all the rest. Go you 11. the can't your way to having a bit of general knowledge about the Bible. Hebrews 11, verse 8. It's the backstory. It's the Marvel Comics backstory. Let's read it. It says this It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. I love that scripture. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was he was going. I love Hebrews 11. It gives these short little verses, And they so sound so glamorous and so exciting. This was faithless. Abraham amazing. And we call it the heroes of our faith. We read their stories and we impress that they were amazing. But I want to say to you. If we just go into a bit of their backstory, We find out they're not maybe as clean cuts as we first thought they were. So let's have a look. We're going to look at their story. Genesis chapter 12. Four verses. We're going to look at Abraham and still unpack this guy I, I preached this this morning because when I left Durban to come to Cape Town this was the scripture that I felt God give me this was the thing that burned inside of me when we fell to plant Milniton, this was the scripture that God gave me so I, I want to preach what God put in my heart whenever I felt stirred to take a big leap of faith is that alright? and I pray it will do the same in you Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 to 4 let's read it last scripture we're reading today so if you are getting fatigued I'm looking at the screen, this is the last one The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And, And that's not even just like Kardashian famous, that's real famous. And you'll be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Well backstory just to bring us up to speed very quickly. Our good friend Abe, as I like to call him. Abraham, if you if you will. Abe was he was he was he was not a religious guy. He was not a religious guy in any sense of the word. Can I tell you? We find out that his father was actually an idol maker. His father made so many idols. He, that's what says living. He would make an idol for that religion. He outsourced. He was like the macro for idols. You came there and said, hey, We're looking for a little something in that this island. Yeah, good well, Just what you need, my son. Yeah. He, that's what his dad did. So when Abraham, I can imagine, after this encounter with God, comes to his dad and says, Dad, God spoke to me. His dad probably would have gone, Which one? <laughs> probably. That's probably what because this was not they were not familiar. They hadn't been a church. It wasn't worship one day. This was out of the blue stuff. Out of in his, in his nothing God spoke. This is what you're going to do. So much so we know that Abraham was actually a sun worshiper. He was a stargazer. He probably his religious uh, religious routine was probably if he was now would have been to get the U magazine and flip to the, the astrology chart and plot his week ahead. That's Abraham, food. the father of our faith. Welcome to church. Was that guy? I want to tell you, this is an incredible thing. And, and it reminds me that our forefather of, of our faith was not a religious man. Nobody is disqualified. Maybe you're sitting here and say, oh, you don't know what I've done. He'd done nothing as well. But that's the perfect condition for God to work. But then we get to the story. It's incredible, amazing thing that God calls. And He takes the limitations off this man. He speaks this, this future that's bigger than He'd ever had before. This is a man who's, who can't have children in the natural. And God says, I'm going to make you a father of all nations. And and all the nations will be blessed through you. This is like mind-blowing stuff. This is bigger. This is not just like, yeah, come and I'll I'll make your life slightly better. No, no, God's saying, I'm going to blow your mind with what I'm about to do. Abraham could go, you're crazy, God. That's crazy man stuff. God's yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just, just watch what I'm going to do. But he said, I've got a future that's greater than you could ever dream of or construct on your own behalf. Trust me, watch what I will do with you. When I read that, something stirs in my heart. I go... God, that's what you're calling us to. You're calling me to something bigger than I could ever fathom or put together with my own hands. I promise that's the God. He's the God who was. He's the God who is. He still is doing it today. But then we get to this amazing scripture. He says in, in that Genesis 12, verse 1 to 4. He says, Abraham, I want to bless you. I want to make you famous. You are going to be father of nations. All nations will be blessed through you. So, go to the land I will show you. Leave your relatives. The one condition he gives Abraham. Leave it all behind. And Abraham's like, "I'm in, packing the car already." Sarah, with Umbrella. Sarah, get the get the stuff. Bring the Dakota. Bring it. Bring it all. He starts packing the car, but then we get to that scripture. Tonight, can we put that scripture back one more time? Genesis chapter twelve. God says, "Leave your family, leave your relatives." But then we look at the last line. So verse four. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. And Lot went with him. The question I want to ask is, who was Lot? Who was Lot and why was he in that car? If we look in chapter 11, you'll find out very quickly that Lot was his nephew. Lot was his relative. And it sounds a nice story. Lot's dad had died. And Abraham said, I'll take over as a father. I'll look after you. God came and spoke to Abraham seriously. You leave your relatives behind. Go to the land, I'll show you. And he said, I'm in God. But Lot's going to come with me. Wow. I want to say this to us right now. Why was a Lot in that car? The question I want to ask you, who's in your backseat that shouldn't be? Who's in your life? That, that, who, what, what is in your life that's in the backseat of your life that you're just carrying around? God's called you something. You say, I'm going for it, but, but I've just got that one thing. And this is the point that I want to make. The big point this morning is that you and I have a lot to get rid of. <laughs> When I wish I had a drummer to do a drum roll. Day. I heard it somewhere else before. I can't blame it. But you have a lot to get rid of. You and I have got a lot to deal with. We want to do this. So I want to ask you, who's sitting in the back seat of your car? So this morning, I want to take us to the three potential seats that you have left in the back seat of your car as God is calling you on to a journey of faith. They'll stir our faith. Pray we'll respond with confidence. The first one. There's a seat on my left here. Yeah. It's called the seat of compromise. The seat of compromise. And uh, if you were in your car, you sitting in this seat and you enjoy it. Yeah, this is really nice, rocking in and rocking out. The seat of confident compromise. Can I tell you what the theme song of your life is? It's Katy Perry. Your heart and your cold, I'm in and yes and yes, yes. no, no. I don't know do that you that's the thing so you're like I touch my go and the cold the next day I'm in and then I'm out I'm yes and I'm no compromise the seat of compromise compromise and you take that the seat you allow this one to creep in the back seat so yes I'm grateful, God God's called me to something but I'm going to allow a little bit of compromise in my back seat
1: and I want to ask you this
0: question maybe you sitting there and you're saying what does this look like maybe when God's called us to see what is unseen faith is seeing what is unseen you end up seeing all the time just temptation. All you see is temptation. You've changed your eyes to see temptation. Change your, your eyes to see your weakness. Ah, it's just who I am. No, I see it. And I want to ask you this. You know what? Religion, by religion I mean just doing, masquerading, this thing, trying to please God, trying to do the, hope, the Christian hokey pokey to try and please God. But not living in faith. Religion makes us, keeps making us make many promises to God. I don't know if you've ever been in that place. If you do that, then I will do this, God. Oh God, I promise you I will never do this again. I promise I'll never do it again, God. Anyone been in that place before? And that's me. And that's it of compromise. I want to tell you. What Christianity is, it's about God making promises to us. We serve a God who's made promises to us. He's not there saying, will you make a promise to you? No, he says, I promised you that I'll be faithful even when you're faithless. I'll stand firm. And I want to tell you, this is incredible thing. Compromise gets gets in us. Not because we're not trying hard enough. It's not because we need to try harder. It's actually because we're not believing God. If you want to know how to conquer sin, it's not try harder to stop it. It's actually believe what God says about you. (laughs) Believe who God says he is. How do we get saved? How do we guarantee our eternity with Christ? By believing but yet, so that's a massive thing. And yet, when we deal with sin, we say, Yeah, believing is okay for salvation, but for sin, I'm going to do that one. No, apply the gospel. Believe Him. He was faithful will complete what you began. It's about right believing. Can okay, I tell you, if you want to deal with the seed of compromise, learn to see His righteousness more than your own. Learn to see His righteousness more than your own. That's crazy man faith. Is seeing. His righteousness. When everyone, the enemy around you says, Yeah, but you're simple. Yeah, but you don't see his righteousness. In we said, Do you see the building? No, we don't see the building. We see an economy failure. But he has said, No, but do you see what he's promised us? That's what we have to be. To deal with compromise, we have to learn to see his righteousness, not our own wickedness. Let me tell you, let grace have a louder voice in your life. Let grace have a louder voice in your life, because grace teaches us to say no. Not our efforts, his grace. Maybe you sit there today that team compromise and say, yeah, yeah but I, I, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just loophole. Or I'm, I'm an addict. Or I'm an angry person. No, no, I will say, you're not lukewarm. You're not an addict. You're no longer an, an angry person. You are his son. You are his daughter. See your position. See who you are more than your own unrighteousness. The seat of compromise. The seat, second seat this is one far over here. What it's what's called the seat of compromise. <sighs> ah, good one, eh? And if you were in this car, turn on the radio, you hear this one. Fine, on the radio, okay? Like, don't worry about it. Cause every little thing is gonna be alright. I said don't worry. It's really comfortable. But I want to tell you, this deep, what you see, your eyes are trained to see. By faith he obeyed and left his country. By faith, obedience. Can I tell you this amazing thing? Maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, I I don't know how this is going to end, but I'm just going to obey. That to me is that no matter what type of faith I'm trying to put inside my heart, that no matter what is ahead of me, I say I'm obeying. No matter where the conditions aren't perfect or not, I'm obeying. Because here's the thing, the more favor you receive, the more faith you will require. The more favor you receive from God, the more favor you will require. Because this is the problem Israel never did well with blessing. Every time Israel were under crisis, they trusted God again and God provided it. In miraculous ways. Manner, quail, freedom, the Red Sea, under pressure. Then they get through it. Favor, food, no more favor. They lead back to their own resources, comfort. Israel never did well with blessing. She only ever went to I tell you, if you say, Gwana, just need some favour, I tell you, favour demands more favour. Otherwise, you're going to settle. And the blessing will change to a curse. That God just drops into the ceiling. I'm oh, saved, I'm blessed. He you doesn't know, this prosperity thing. It's God's like, great, I want to lead you to more here, st- take a step in faith. Why? Because faith is the language of heaven. Yeah. Faith is the only thing that pleases God. I, I love this thing that as you seize the opportunity, he empowers you with His presence and he equips you with His power. This gospel is come as you are. Come up, but don't stay as you are. Come as you are. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. That's what the gospel. So I want to tell you, this seat, what we need you to, to overcome, this seat of comfort, is we need to learn to see what God has for us. See what He has for us, ahead of us, and lean into it, praise into it, 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 keep running the race that God has called us. The third and final seat is this one over here. This seats us a little bit higher than the race. Because it's called the seat of criticism. The seat of
1: a compromise, oh, the seat of conflict, the seat of criticism. And
0: you know the seat of criticism is always just a little bit higher than everyone else. As you can see everyone else's weaknesses. It's, hmm, wow. Well, you really win that one today. Eh? Well. But I tell you, this seat is a tiring one because it requires a lot of effort. It's higher than most. And your theme song of you were in this car, and you put it on this one, is this. It's too late to apologize. It's too late. No. On this scene, can I tell you what you see? You see faults, you see failures, you see the past of everyone, of everything. But I want to ask you this question today. To get off the seat, do you see the future? Criticism is always anchored to the past. What he did, what she did, what they didn't do, what my ex-wife and my boss, and we blame everyone else for what we, where we at. we are got to say, but I have not called you to live there, called you to live there. I'm more concerned what's in front of you than what's behind you. Criticism anchors us to the past. Maybe you're sitting here and saying, I can't honor my boss. Okay? You don't know the boss I've got. I can't honor my wife. I can't honor my dad. I can't honor my pastor. Might be the toughest one walk. (laughs) Do you know what they said to me? Do you know what they did to me? I haven't got a raise for three years. Maybe that's the thing you're saying. But I want to ask you this. Is that they, whoever they are, will stop you walking to your future. Why give they so much power over your future? I think a lot of us, and I'm the one included, that give others' voice much more authority than God. Way too quickly, way too often. Can tell you, looking back can take all your energy and effort and drain you of your faith. If you want to look and find a faithless person, criticism is often not far away because they're always looking, always comparing, always going, what about him? What about that? That's not fair. It takes effort. It's tiring. Can I tell you the, the Jewish people and this the, the story of the Exodus was that the waters before them were parting, but behind them are the sound of chariot wheels coming after them. Before them, waters are parting, parting. Behind them, chariot wheels. Before them, waters are parting to the Promised Land, but behind them are chariot wheels. They're coming closer, closer to try and take them back to their past. Can I tell you all they had to do? Believe God and walk through the water. But too often, some of us are drowning out the, the opportunity, the future is for us. We've been more captivated and fearful of the chariots coming after us. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But I said, walk into the future. Yeah. This is the seat of criticism that needs to fall. Criticism must fall, hashtag.
1: Yeah. I want to tell you,
0: this is the thing, the scripture says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Here's the good news. The bad news is that it doesn't say that no weapon will be formed against you. It says no, it says the weapon will be formed against you, but they won't prosper. The problem a lot of us are, are clutching with the scriptures if it means nothing bad will happen. No, the chariots will come close, but you've got to keep your eyes on it forward. Keep your eyes on what Jesus is calling us to do. Can I tell your faith is dependent on which direction you look. Many of us are looking at other directions, comparing looking behind, looking at a blade, a path captivated by what's behind us, Because God says faith is forward thinking. Criticism and unforgiveness will keep you in the past. Faith is to forgive. As they say in the classic, let it go, let it go. All the Disney fans would have enjoyed that one. But anyway, I pray this morning. Simple words, simple illustrations, but I really believe it's for us. Maybe you, you're here at the end of the year, you're saying, just give us a landing word, okay? But I feel this word this morning is to propel us into the future. Because I believe that God, what God has started here, is going to be unbelievable. That the stories we will tell in years and generations to come will be stories like villain will tell. Of stories of God's faithfulness and provision in the past. That we'll have stories of, of people in this community who right now maybe take my finances are tight, Who are going to be unlocking finances for other people. Who are going to be able to live in generosity that they never dreamt of living. I believe in this community we're going to see this place, this hall full of people. That this school, we're going to access the students of the school in incredible ways. And we're going to see the community are going to flood into this place. Not because we've got a great service, but because the people of God have got something of faith. In a nation that seems to be living in criticism. A nation that the, the some people are living in their own comfort and say, just shut the door and don't care about anyone else. Other people living in compromise, doing double dealings. If I just do this, maybe I cut the corner. No, no, God's called us not to be comfort, convenience or criti- critical people, but people of faith. And I believe this community was birthed in faith and we will live in faith. And I'm calling you to, to be visionaries with me. Can you see... What God is doing in your life? Can you see what God is doing in this community? And can we start to dream that God is going to call up crazy men and women in here? They're going to get off the seat. They're going to walk into the future. And lots won't be in the back seat. We'll leave the compromise. We'll leave the the criticism. We'll leave the comfort for a future that God has called us to. I want to ask you this morning. If you have allowed compromise, comfort, or criticism to settle in your heart, God can change your headline. Let me tell you in that story, Genesis 12, and Lot went with them. From that moment, God led them into a future, led Abraham into a future. Abraham did become the father of nations, but Lot caused them a lot of headaches and heartache along the way. A lot of tough things. And it almost derailed Abraham's destiny. Do you know that? That one little liner, and Lot went with him, almost derailed a father of all nations. Small things can become massive things if we don't deal with them. But here's the good news for you now. Did you notice in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, when you read it, it says, By faith, Abraham left his country, went to the land that God showed him. Abraham, by faith, became the father of nations." Here's the good news. Lot didn't even feature in that headline. Can I tell you what God will do? If you allow him to take even your mistakes, even the moments when you've allowed compromise again, you've allowed comfort, you've allowed criticism, and you're saying, but I'm feeling guilty, I've let that stay in too long. Can I tell you God can you Change your headline right now, and your headline is more glorious than before. Because God is more concerned what's in front of you than what's behind you here. Let's deal with what's behind us today and move to the future God has. Let's pray. If you're saying today with faith that I'm, I'm picking up this crazy man, crazy woman mantle and I'm, I'm dealing with compromise, criticism, comfort right now. Can you stand? I want to pray a brief prayer of faith into our hearts. Fathers, we stand as a people. I pray today would your word go deepen would this Genesis 12 passage reverberate in our spirit? Would when Hebrews 11, uh, out of nothing you create everything, God? And Hebrews 11 verse 8, that you're calling us to leave what, what we've known into a future that you have for us, God. I pray today that people would put would say this far, no further. I thank you, God, that right now, even today, as I preach, I'm dealing with my back seat the things that I've been holding on to, the comfort zones, the, the critical attitude I've even had to past experiences, past churches, past friends, past uh, relationships, those things, God, today I say, I let go. Not because what they've done is small, but because what you've got from me ahead of me is much bigger. I pray, God, for those dealing with com- compromise, today we'll say, enough. We'll learn to see your righteousness. Not our own, Your righteousness calls us forward and teaches us to say no